Okay. <laughs> Marie, we are overloading poor Jake with episodes this month. And, and it's his birthday. Happy birthday, Jake! It's his birthday. Uh. Like it's your birthday. Uh. Happy birthday, Jake. Uh. Oh, like it's your birthday. How old do you think Jake is? Jake is 80, 82. Jake's 82. He's he's like a he's no. a very spry 82. I am I am pretty sure Jake is <laughs> younger awesome. than me. Oh. Which puts him below a 28. Am I going to be 28? Oh, no, I am am I 28? Holy shit. I I don't know. All I know is man. Y'all old. Jake, <laughs> I am sorry, Jake. I am sorry, but the uh, but look at it this way: you have you've evaded the cold maw of death. Yeah, that's icy grip for one more year. Here's to you. Yeah, good stuff, Jake. Congrats. Good stuff. Good stuff on not dying. <laughs> so good stuff far. on not dying. I hope you had cake. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Marie, we're doing a bo- this is a bonus episode. Bonus. We're bonusing it up right now. We're totally uh, bonusing it up. Tell the people what we're bonusing on. Mm. I'll tell you what we're bonusing on, my friends. So as of late, a UFO, what would you call it? Is it a company? No, it's not. It's a UFO research and... I'm so used to saying research and development. It is a semi-think tank. Um, <laughs> it's not even that. It's a company invested in paranormal activity and ufos called to the stars academy has come under some scrutiny as of late with um i read about it on motherboard about their sec filing that disclosed financial information about the fiscal solvency of their company yeah and so we figured you know one we neither neither Cogs nor I are shareholders in said company. No. Correct? So we have to disclose if we are. We are not. We are not. But we were going to walk through, because there's a lot of rumblings and a lot of back and forth about what this means and is it bad, is it good, you know, is it fraud, is it fake, things like that. And we're not going to necessarily take a, a stance about said company, but, which forgive me, I still need to get a better what they do, because they do, they do interesting stuff that we're going to talk about. Um, but yes, we're going to, we're going to walk through the filing and kind of, and kind of break it down. Yeah, we sure are. So, uh, Jake, happy birthday, roll a tape. Okay, good. So let's get into it. <laughs> okay. So, um, all right. So to the stars Academy. This is from their website, tothestarsacademy.com. Quote, To the Stars Academy strives to be a powerful vehicle for change by creating a consortium among science, aerospace, and entertainment that will work collectively to allow gifted researchers the freedom to explore exotic science and technologies with the infrastructure and resources to rapidly transition them to products that can change the world. And then they have kind of three categories here that they are particularly interested in so far. Under science here, they have consciousness, Engineering, mm-hmm. space, time, brain-computer interface, telepathy, analysis center for unidentified aerial phenomena, which is their way of saying UFOs without seeming silly. Um, aerospace, they have electrogravitic propulsion, which Ooh. means a warp drive and beamed, ener- beamed, 
beamed energy launch systems, which also means a warp drive, but specifically a warp drive that utilizes zero point energy. Um, it's actually also electrogravitic propulsion. If you look up electrogravitics, you will find that it is a very, very uh, strong field of pseudoscience. Mm. And then you have entertainment, which is inspirational storytelling, feature film, scripted series, publishing, and novelties, which mm. who knows? Thanks. Now, f- completely full disclosure here. When yes. I was with MUFON, I reached out to the folks at To The Stars Academy, mm-hmm. um, a member of their board uh actually um I, I believe a member of their board actually wanted to work with us mm-hmm. um in some in some capacity at least um and then decided that uh that that wasn't something that they wanted to do or it never got back to me really so um you know interesting <laughs> could be right so so um so here's the thing <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, the, they are, they are interesting because they are, they are in some way connected to move on, um, hmm. just because they're in the same world. Right. Um, but, uh, they are connected, right. Move on is kind of working with them by mm-hmm. just kind of being, again, being in the same area, being interested, being connected in some yeah. ways. Yeah. I have now, an analogy. It's like Christie's and Sotheby's. I hate to yeah. use like a very uh, colonial type of <laughs> highfalutin. Seriously, <laughs> totally damn. polar opposite. But if you have two huge players in a very small market, they both know and share share people that share information, scientists, board members, membership. You know, they have a, a huge amount of overlap. Yeah. So. Um, so, uh, I initially reached out to them hoping that I could provide some material science info for them because long before the atom project was ever announced, um, that was kind of the rumblings that were going on that they'd be analyzing materials and things. Um, however, to date, they have seemed to be quite resistant to uh, any outside help or, or information coming in or anything Mm. like that. They've Mm -hmm. been a very closed group since the beginning, um, which I mean, makes sense in some ways, right? But, um, but well, they're could kinda, be CIA. I could definitely be CIA. Now I haven't ruled it out, dear listeners. By the way, she hasn't. I now, haven't, man. Here's the interesting thing, right? So their team is Tom DeLong, who mm-hmm. you know is the uh, you likely know as the uh, one of the founding members of Blink One Eighty Two, a band that I absolutely loved as a kid. Um, still listen to all the time because I am that kind of adult. Um, and who has had a lifelong fascination and belief that aliens uh, exist, basically, to quote one of the lines, one of the names of one of his songs. Mm-hmm. Um, you then have Jim Semivan, who has uh, worked at the CIA for some time, uh, quite a long time. Dr. Hal Pudoff, who you would, if you know him from anything, you would know him from a series of um, interesting experiments with Yuri Geller on mm-hmm. uh, the ability to uh, do remote viewing mm-hmm. that have since come to be, um, have since come to be uh, discredited significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of been part of this world of uh, pseudo scientific analysis um, and kind of, unfortunately kind of fraud in some ways since, since their beginnings. Um, 
You then have Steve Justice, um, the head of their aerospace division who worked at the Lockheed Martin Skunk Works. Um, mm. Louis Elizondo, who you likely know from CNN. He's the guy that comes on and says he was in charge of the ATIP program. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christopher Mellon, who uh, is a uh, private equity investor, political commentator. Really quickly, the- these, these are not all people on their board, though. No, these are just people kind of on within their area. Right. So um, really quickly, since we're talking about the finances, be very clear that these are not people that have a vested stake in the success of the company. They are people that they've hired to cons- to uh, consult or to contribute, but there's only there's only five or so members that are that sit on the board. Yeah, so these right, so these are people that they have on their team, quote unquote, but who are not mm-hmm. members of the board mm-hmm. necessarily. Um, so Chris Chris Mellon was a deputy assistant secretary for defense um, during the Clinton and Bush administrations. Uh, Dr. Paul Rapp, who is um, a uh, professor um, of military and emergency medicine. Oh snap! Um, I've heard of him actually. Yep, he's like the yep. one person I have heard of. Yep. So he's, uh, he's very interesting. Um, you have Dr. Norm Kahn, um, who is their national security and program management consultant. You have Dr. Colm Kelleher, who you will likely know from the Skinwalker uh-huh. investigation. He oh. is also, uh, I believe still a board member or a head member of Robert Bigelow's organization. Uh, Dr. <laughs> Ad- Cole just walked into the room. Dr. Adele Gilpin. is. Um, I believe also worked with NIDS with, with the Skinwalker team. Um, and then, yeah, they did, in fact, uh, it looks like they did, in fact, lose mm-hmm. one of their scientists, a bioengineer. Right. Yes, recently. Um, very recently. So that's something that hasn't really been talked about too, too much out on the podcast mm-hmm. circuit, but that's very interesting. Now, uh, here's the thing. When this was first announced, Marie, I don't know about you, but mm. I was extremely mm. excited. Like, I, I was straight up like, this is were, awesome. I was like, someone are. is going to give money to do the kind of research that has to happen here to really do this stuff the right way, whatever. And then as their team started to form, I became increasingly concerned that the science and scientists on the board are extremely light uh, in terms of their academic backgrounds and credentials. Um, to say the mm-hmm. least, right? Especially mm-hmm. their uh, the the head of their science division mm-hmm. is, I think, an unfortunate choice. Um, and uh, on top of that, as well, um, these are all scientists who have who have been given money in the past to do this kind of research and have have given nothing, right? Besides the, I guess, the Skinwalker Ranch being bought from the family that owned it before. Yeah. Well, <laughs> bit, you know. Uh, yeah. I think so. So I know that you were excited. I didn't. I really didn't have much skin in the game on on the UFO, you know, and on any of this exactly. But how I looked at it was like, oh, okay. It's a relatively. It's a guy with some money. He's young. He's he's probably got some good influence with other people that have money that their mind has not gelled to be against this type of thing. So that's always good. Like if you've got somebody who's sort of, I hate to say, quote unquote, a disruptor, but somebody who's vested and is bringing people together 
and has an additional source of income that has already been established, that's good. That's a good thing to start with. Um, so I had relatively high hopes for it. Yeah, like you. it's it's interesting because I think that there's a lot of. Um, it seemed like there could be a lot of good that came from this. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. Uh, probably what they're best known for is kind of some of their media appearances. So Elizondo has mm-hmm. been kind of prolific out there for a little while, at least doing interviews and things. Uh, DeLong was on Joe Rogan's podcast, right? Um, but since then, they have become extremely close-lipped. Um, they have not mm-hmm. given interviews, really. They have tried to kind of keep a arm's length away from the uh, kind of, I guess, amateur research community that is the UFO community. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, too, they have tried to very – they have tried very hard, I think, to put out stuff that they think will – so, yeah. okay, so here's the problem. <laughs> When they started, Lay this group, my slim. I'm when they started this group, they mm-hmm. a lot of their funding came from Mr. DeLong himself. Yes. yes. And then some came from private investors. Mm. Venture capitals, right? yeah. And oh. people that were interested in whatever, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but then they decided, well, actually what we'll do is we will have a, what's called a type A, a type A plus um, crowdfunding campaign. Now, what that means is then their financial their financial doings have to be disclosed mm-hmm. to the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission. Well, so they didn't crowd crowdfunding is different. They've it's decided- not right, right. It's not it's not yeah. crowdfunding. It's a it's basically a, a it's a way to do a almost like an initial public offering yes. where yes. non certified yes. investors can invest. Can, so the public can invest. can invest, which is common, right? right? So they realize they need more money. They talk to venture capitalists, they get funding from venture capitalists, but then they all they also say, we're going to open up, like you said, we're going to go for option A, and we're going to um, set a stock price for this much, and we're going to allow whoever to buy it. Right. Which can be, I mean, again, it can be just the board, it can be the entirety of the company, plus whoever is... Um, Whoever is uh, researching, consulting, whoever, or even even farther reaching, right? So, but the idea with that is stock. How I look at it is stocks not exactly. It's not going to exact. That's not what's going to drive the revenue, right? Like that type of initial A offering is more to establish um, a fun a, a base of operationing of operational yeah, legitimacy. Funding. Like yeah. they're going to that's sort of the 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 position to say to the market and to say back to the venture capitalists that, hey, you know what, we're legit. We have people that have interest in investing in this company. And that's yeah. a huge that's a huge thing to do. That's a that's hard. And we should also say, like, I would say that a lot of companies don't even make it that far. Like they'll burn through capital or they'll burn through venture capital, but they, they can't get an offering or they can't, they can't make a go of it. So it's, and it's also very regulated and very, very complex. Yeah. So, um, so what that, what that generally amounted to then was Mm -hmm. around 2,500 something people uh, decided to invest. The minimum investment was, uh, was two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So you needed to uh, give at least two hundred dollars to become a part of that group. 
a, a shareholder. Yeah. You are now, now a shareholder. They mm-hmm. were selling their uh, shares as at $5 a unit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, in their class A offering of mm-hmm. common stock. And you can find this information on their website. Yes. Right? Now, in the risk factors portion here, this is what they put. Mm. They say... Um, You're jumping say, ahead. <laughs> so this is it, right? They say, it's okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this is essentially a brand new company. As a mm-hmm. public benefit corporation, our decision-making includes more than profitability. The offering price has been arbitrarily set by the company, and the valuation is high. That's going to come into play later. Yes. Um, our costs may grow more quickly than our revenues, harming our business and profitability. That's just a normal kind of thing, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, we would be damaged by the death, incapacity, departure, or damage to the reputation of principal investor slash key man Tom DeLong, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. probably why he's deleted so many of his Instagram posts. Mm-hmm. Um, aerospace mm-hmm. and scientific research and development can be risky. And there are no guarantees that any of the projects we undertake will lead to a commercially viable product, especially when you are doing it with technology from the last uh, decades ago. So um, really quickly, that type of futures warning is not uncommon in any no, kind of industry. No, 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 right? no, not Everybody at all. says even the most even the most established companies like a GE, a um, I can't even think of another company, just like a General Electric's. Say we cannot, we can't predict what the future market's going to do. We could be hit by lightning. You know, there could be an alien invasion. So this is really the best, the best effort that we can put forward based on, on the knowledge that we have. Yeah. Now and this is you get now, a risk assessment from that. Now this is yes. what they say about their. This is the more detail on aerospace and scientific research and mm-hmm. development can be risky. Okay. Mm-hmm. Advanced aerospace technologies. The undefined and forward-looking nature of this project means that we may run into unanticipated barriers to implementation of the new research principles involved. Mm. Additionally, this type of research will require higher energy, which will need careful management and control. Okay. Beamed energy propulsion launch systems. Um, so let me just, if if I may, really quick, sorry. Um, just the, so- the, the, the scale of their... <laughs> The Cojones, of, right? Yeah, that's awesome. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. They're so, not even saying like, oh, none of this is real yet. They're mm-hmm, saying like, mm-hmm. we might not be able to get the, for the beam energy launch system. They say one of their risks is unexpected bird strikes for their warp drive. Well, yeah, that's that's so. So I would say if you want a like a again something to benchmark that language against, right? Because if you're you're saying you're you're reading this and you're saying that they've got all of these caveats about what could affect this future technology is look at companies that already have sort of a vested stake in this game that are publicly traded like Boeing, Halliburton, um give me somebody else. Uh you know, something Raytheon, something I mean, big. Lockheed Martin, Lockheed NASA, Martin, the government, NASA. like any well, of them. But the government, so they're not going to the government and NASA because they are not publicly traded like Publicly traded companies, again, companies that ask you as an investor to buy their stock to as an investment are um, are mandated to disclose their financial information. So you can't you can't be saying, oh, my God, I've got this amazing beam technology and it's going to it's going to just, you know, it's a portal and it's going to move you from here to there. 
like you have to have a certain amount of disclosure when you're publicly traded. So, and you will be fined and you will be basically, you know, it's, it's the federal government. They, they actually keep pretty close tabs on this. So other companies that have this type of language also know how far and how much they can promise without one risking investment, right? Because you don't want to sound like you've just made stuff up or it's too crazy, but you also don't want to overpromise, right? And I think that that when I read this, when I read this statement, I feel like that's the balance that a small company like uh, to the Stars Academy hasn't been able to to get their hands around yet is that no, type of no I that mean that type of safety right that and type that's of been, safety net and, and that's been the, the the critique from the very beginning right mm-hmm. we don't even have a good photo of a damn UFO yet and they're talking mm-hmm. about birds hitting their UFOs that they're going to reverse engineer well you know but that that that's that's out there I'm teasing I I don't even it's crazy but I mean yeah but I mean but you also like so if I'm investing in this company it's like well. So what am I really buying? Like, wait, let's pretend. Wait, 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 wait. let me wait. Ahead, I want engineering the space time metric. This technology <laughs> is in the very, very early stages, Marie, and success depends on a yet to be defined breakthrough in propulsion to enable traveling to the stars at near light speed. It's like when you were a kid and you were like, you know, it'd be cool. A giant fighting robot. And you wrote in crayon on a piece of paper patent giant fighting robot and you were just like i did it i got it i made the patent right like they are i i honestly i would love to talk to a a, an investment lawyer or an sec lawyer or something because i honestly can't understand how they were allowed to even sell shares with this With you know yeah, what I mean, like yeah, like if yeah. if we started it's a company, because of the money they had, but but if you but that's had what I'm but I'm saying, like if X we started capital, mm-hmm. Go ahead. if we started a company that we were like we have we are going to develop a mm-hmm. zero entropy perpetual motion machine. Ooh, okay, sweet. something something okay. that is impossible. But it's gotta be small, literally, be like like you know, like the size of a coffee maker. It's by that's by definition mm-hmm. impossible in thermodynamics, right? So it it. Can be this. What you're telling me is it can be the size of a coffee maker, <laughs> right? Because it doesn't. It can't exist in nature. If okay, if good, if we decided good. to start win, that win. company uh-huh. and sell stock, yeah, would we just be allowed to? Even though we, even though the thing we're selling isn't yes. real. So, but here's the thing. Here's the thing with that is they are not necessarily selling that. They're selling. They are selling the idea of that, but. What they are truly, what they are truly selling, is their entertainment. Are you okay? Was that was that your eyeball popping from your head? <laughs> that was my seltzer bottle popping. Well, that's, for a minute, and that's, I was like, ah, yeah. oh, we just lost Chris, people. No, 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 and that's was right. That was, that was the sound of my yeah, my eyeball shooting out of my head with anger, just exploding. No, it's true. Um, it's true. It's true. The point you're getting at is 100 yeah. percent true. Because it's like, I think. Um, yeah, again, like if you look at Lockheed Martin and what they say about the things they can't disclose, they don't say anything. Like it's very tight. Like they don't disclose anything that is going to put them into any sort of financial jeopardy or any type of any type of risk with the government, the the uh yeah, yeah, the Security Exchange Commission, but the other thing is like you can't you can't um 
look squeamish to your investors. So you have to be you have to have something that you are driving revenue from. Right? right. That's why you are in business. Is you you are I mean, I think that if if I am if I am glass half fulling for for um to the stars, I would say, you know, the idea is that they're bringing people together and they're trying to they're trying to build this build momentum to sort of have more transparency. But in the meantime, they're also going to be putting out entertainment to support that. So I don't know. I feel like. Well, and so that's, yeah, that's a very important point. So they do say here, this is again, part of their initial offering is a, our entertainment division, Mm -hmm. which is the only part of the company currently producing revenues. Mm. Um, Which they, is and they mentioned it a couple times. They say it has a concentration risk from a third-party provider because they yes. get revenue and royalties from sales of music, um, basically. I'm assuming through sales of, I don't know what kind of music, but, um, I mean, obviously so something that Tom DeLonge is If you're on their website, but if you're on your website, I mean, I did see that they, so their company is tied to a few other a few other like subdivisions. Of, so they are, so are they are, they are basically so they a division. They are basically mm-hmm. a division of Tom DeLong's other companies. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually have a requirement to pay a hundred thousand mm-hmm. uh, dollars of a, as a royalty guarantee to three of, uh, three of, of DeLong's groups. So to Tom DeLong himself, to mm-hmm. Mr. Handsome LLC and good in bed music. Which again, because I guess he he probably named them back when he was in Blink One Eighty Two, but um so that's so it's interesting so they they are required to pay at minimum a hundred thousand dollars to um to those uh, what's the word to those three groups to those three subholdings but but the thing is is that's not a lot of money I mean if you're if if you they are have, investing so, it's not a, that's not it's no. just sort of like a checkbox in a lot of ways but sure so now yeah, here's know, yeah so now here's kind of where it, it gets interesting right so mm. um portals orbs <laughs> Lay it so, on me, i'm ready um in a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't come that on. bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. So, okay, they have basically, um, basically they have, they have come up with this, this idea here that I think actually could be somewhat good in, if done correctly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which is, um, mm-hmm. which is to do, um, basically to do a couple of different things. They do, they do entertainment and then they do science and that's mm-hmm. basically what we try to do here. Right. But it's, it's basically a the only way to little, it's scrappy the, little group here. It's the only way to sell the paranormal science in any kind of way. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So here's the thing, right? So um, for their, their science plan is very light right now. I think that's clear by their team. They don't have a lot of scientists on board, yeah. but then they have their entertainment division here. 
Um, they have licensed brands. They have other things and everything else. These are some of the things they have going right now. Strange mm-hmm. Times feature film. Mm. It's a in development. In development, uh, mm. being directed by Doc uh, by Tom DeLonge. Mm. Uh, Poet Anderson franchise is a uh, it's a book that uh, Tom DeLonge is writing with Suzanne Young. The Poet Anderson short film again the same thing, and then the Strange Times record, which is going to be an album I, I assume released by DeLonge as well. Mm. So um, primarily. Their plan is uh, currently their plan is quite focused on um, him. What's the word? Basically on on Tom DeLong, right? Yeah. On, on Tom DeLong selling books and, and movies and music, right? Not even so, selling, not even selling movies. It's in development. That means yeah. Nothing. So it's 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 yeah. It's interesting now. Well, so I think yeah. So again, my so my background. I'm not a big UFO person, not very heavy with that, but like reviewing things from a financial standpoint, I do have some experience with. And I feel like, I feel like I, even looking with this, looking at this filing, it's, they are disclosing a lot. It's, it's almost, um, there's more, I want to say it's, it's, there's more emotion in this document than I'm used to seeing as sort of disclosing information. Um, and I just, I, I will say, like, I would like for something like this to succeed. I would like for something to enter the mainstream that is charged with bringing more transparency and more interest to science in general, but then also to science that isn't necessarily easily explainable. I think that that's a good venture, but... I think the problem is, is that I don't sense that I don't sense that anyone had a hand on the rudder of what a company should be doing. With this. No, well, no one has had any. Um... And that's I mean, it seems like they got a good idea with like, you know, again, just sorry to interrupt, but like with sort of the, the licensing and the third party and the entertainment stuff. It's like he's got a lot of experience with that from having you know, been brought up in it and having to deal with managers and lawyers and record companies and, you know, media trying to rip you off and how do you safeguard yourself. But I also don't sense like if you've got, you have this, you have this huge idea, how do you, how do you actually make a company? How do you make a company work and how do you make it last for more than a year? Which is hard. It is hard. And, And listen, I mean, this is not an easy thing they tried to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, who knows? Maybe it'll get turned around. But so here's the thing, just mm-hmm. again, for people listening, because a lot of this info has been kind of people just haven't really t- taken the time to read these documents, I think. No. Um, the only directors of um, of uh, To the Stars Academy are uh, Tom DeLong, James Semivan mm-hmm. and Harold Pudoff. They're the board. everyone, everyone else, all the big names that you've mm-hmm. been hearing about that are out there. Right. Elizondo, mm-hmm. whatever, are consultants. Yes. Or contractors. Yes. The only full-time employees are uh, Tom DeLong and uh, Carrie DeLong and mm-hmm. Lisa Clifford, who is their secretary. Mm-hmm. Their uh, James Semivan, Harold Pudoff, and Louis Tomasino are contractors. Thomas Tomasino being their chief financial officer. Now, 
This is their disclosure of their finances in this uh, document here. So the company is a business that has not yet generated profits and has sustained net losses of $422,000 and $322,000 during the years ended of December 31st, 2016 and 15, respectively. As of December 31st, 2016, the company has net operating loss carry forwards of approximately $515,000. that may be offset mm-hmm. against future taxable income through 2035. To date, revenues have not been sufficient to fund operations. Thus, until we can generate sufficient cash flows to fund operations, we are dependent on raising additional capital through debt and or equity transactions. Mm-hmm. We've received one loan from R2 Dogs Incorporated, which is Tom DeLong's company, mm-hmm. one for $300,000 and one for $200,000. Um, they... Uh, which isn't a lot. Like so far, everything you've said is 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 relatively manageable. Yeah, it is right? comically high for the UFO field. Well, yes, um, but, but yeah, but you're right. Yeah. But you're right. Yeah. Okay. Now, yeah. um, on April 26, 2017, we entered into a licensing agreement with Tom DeLong and Mr. DeLong's affiliated entities for the use of certain intellectual property rights in exchange for a royalty on gross sales ranging from 0.5 to 15 percent. So um, basically books and things, right? That's where that $100,000 minimum royalty payment to Mr. DeLong is from because he has said he will not give uh, royalties or compensation for his services during 2015 to 2016. Now, on April 27, 2017, Archive West Investments contributed 100% of the shares of To The Stars Inc. to Gravity Mm -hmm. Holdings, LLC. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Basically, uh, they have... Who's Gravity uh, Holdings? It's uh, another group. Um, what's it? Um, They're a holding company owned by... Gravity Holdings gave all of their... Basically gave all their shares yeah. to the stars. Yes, right? but they're also Tom DeLong. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, um, it, that's him. So in May 2017, we issued a total of 12,500 shares of Class A common stock mm-hmm. and 5,400 shares of Class B common stock to Gravity Holdings LLC, Jim Sem I, which is Jim Semivan's company, mm-hmm. and Harold Putoff, in exchange for a nominal cash payment and past and anticipated future efforts to support the company's business and objectives. Now, uh, what does that mean in terms of of real dollars, right? Ooh. So we're talking twelve million five hundred shares. Yes. Right. Of a company, what? if it's not. Of a company, but again, if you look at what what is their upcoming revenue, like what are they going to make? Coming right. Up, right now, we said that shares were five dollars a pop. Okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's safe. I think that that's a good yeah. Okay, even so, future. So that is um, what is this number here? Six two five zero 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 zero. So uh, sixty two million dollars mm-hmm. divided three ways by those three entities. Mm-hmm. Their plan, Marie. Mm-hmm. 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 Is that barring any bird strikes? How do I get in on this? Sorry. They're yeah. Their uh their UFO company mm-hmm. will make them twenty one million dollars each. Well, so that's the plan. But, but and again, you're 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 saying that equity transactions like stock are you're gonna turn around and sell them. That's that's not which is not how. No, of course not. Right. I mean, but now it's valued at. However, 
One thing I do want to point out that I, in looking at this whole thing that did strike me as, as, you know, again, something that if, you know, if I was giving counsel to them, I would say I'm looking at sort of what the volatility is, your stock volatility rating. So or your percentage of stock volatility and volatility in the stock market is not necessarily a bad thing. If you want to uh, short sell something, volatility is what you want because something that can go up and go down, you can make very quick money off of. However, volatility over the long term is not, is not something that you want to encourage. And as a company, you don't want necessarily a high volatility percentage because that's saying that, that nobody knows what you're going to do. You could do really, really well, or you could crash and burn, right? So if I'm Let's pretend I'm I'm again I'm 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 a short market um, investor and I have an interest in this. I could come in right now and buy at the five dollars, um, knowing that there's this volatility rating, and then within the next thirty days sell, right? Or even like if it starts to go up because of press or whatever, or sell it short. Or you know, there's a lot of different manipulations that you could put on a stock like this at this point their volatility rating is 75 percent jesus so it's 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 sort of like it's it's like i'm i'm i don't want to be fuzzy end of the lollipop here man like i'm i'm really seriously trying to like um i feel like it's difficult because it's hard to discern when you have uh your when you have the people that are on your board investing heavily in the company through LLCs to sort of to sort of uh, prop it up in some ways to give it that financial boost. Um, it's difficult to understand how long that can last. You need fresh blood, right? You need mm-hmm. you need to have people invest organically in something. So you don't have to prop anything up. So you can actually start to, it can start to run itself or it can start to become more viable. Well, um, what, I, what, I think yeah. is, what I think is fascinating here too, though, is that mm-hmm. so based on their initial stock offering mm-hmm. in, that, in that type A, right, method, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they had a minimum of 200,000 shares that they were going to sell. That was their minimum value that they thought they could make. Mm-hmm. At $5 a share, that puts their minimum value of their company at $1 million barring, barring how much they themselves put in. Yes. That is how much of it they thought the public should own. Yes. Okay. At maximum, they said it would be, uh, it would be 10 10 million, 10 million shares. Yes. So at maximum, they thought they could make on this initial offering $50 million. So between one and 50 is, so, an insane idea. A tremendous, of, a tremendous amount of risk. Way there. too much risk. Way too much flux. Way too much. Like, again, you don't need a bird strike to take you out. You no, know, and, that's he, the and thing. here's the thing, though, right? Be, that means that, at least as far as I can understand it, if they were, they were in these documents, they say that they were hoping to offer about one percent to the public. Mm-hmm. Right, is what it appears to be, at least to me. And yeah. maybe I am reading these incorrectly, but that's about what it seems to be that they wanted the public to be able to buy of their company. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that means that at minimum, they thought this company was worth a hundred million dollars. Does that, does that sound accurate to you? Does that sound like 
Yeah. Well, and again, like a hundred million bucks is really nothing in in sort of the stock market or in sort of like a a publicly traded arena. It's like a hundred million bucks is 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 a is even with venture capitalists, it's not a lot of money. It's I think I think the idea that the stock could be worth something and what is it worth is is um not irrelevant, but like it's almost secondary to sort of what is uh, again, and like I tweeted about this earlier, but um, <laughs> about the uh, about the about debt versus accumulated deficit, right? So the two things are different. Debt is you are actually in debt. You are owing interest. You have you have that monkey on your back, as so many of us do. And I would look at like accumulated deficit is this is my sunk cost. I have put this much time, effort, okay, okay, that makes sense. Into this, like I've got, I've got a lease. I've got, I've got all of this equipment. I've got a board that is now having salary, right? Like we have an espresso machine, whatever that is. That's that's sort of the the cost, your operating cost. Um, the two are different, and. One's worse than the other. Like you can have, you can have accumulated deficit for a company that is ramping up and they're ramping up and they're coming to fruition on software or on something. And they're going to start, the revenue is going to start, is going to start coming back. The point being though, is you got to be selling something. You have to have some sort of revenue stream. And based on these, based on these documents, they have been in debt for the last four years. Right. And again, like companies, Huge companies can be in debt for for years and years and years and years and years. It's not uncommon, but the problem being is those companies also have the word out to the market and to the street and to the and to the Fed that hey, so we know we're in debt. We know this looks bad, but hey, here's here's what we're gonna sell. Here's what we have coming up. Here's how the revenue is gonna come back around, and we're paying off debt. And we're we're doing we're doing X Y and Z, and this is the turnaround. And mm. again, like it's kind of this weird balancing act. But if you are looking at a company that is completely a futures based company, that is based on, and I do not mean this condescendingly, even though it sounds like it, it's based on pixie dust, which is not bad, because you need to, like a lot of companies are a lot, a lot of companies, companies are. are. You know what I mean? Like companies, startups, startup companies that. You know, I, I have friends that did startup companies at a college yeah. that some of them did it. Some of them never made it. Right. Like, that's Mm-mm. just what Mm-mm. happens. I mean, it's it's the idea that they would be selling this as an idea is fine. It's just their their goals are so comically lofty. Like from the yes. beginning, from the yes. beginning, my whole thing has been. They have not set achievable goals for themselves. Right. Basically, mm-hmm. this this offering sheet to me reads like. We are, we are eventually going to make a UFO ship that'll get us to the other side of the universe. But Maybe. until then, we're going to make documentaries for the sci-fi channel. Like, well, yeah, that's crazy. That's, that's Just make a it. company on the entertainment side then. Like, keep the other crap secret, at least. Right? I mean, I... Or, yeah, or just scale everything way down. I exactly. Like exactly. Just manage expectations like... You know, like again, I think it's I think it's admirable that this is something somebody wants to do. But you also have to diversify your base. Like, if it's only Tom from Blink One Eighty Two, 
you've got a huge amount of people that maybe, you know, are interested in entertainment surrounding um, sci-fi and paranormal, et cetera, that don't care for him or don't whatever. Like, what is the diversity in your marketplace that's going to help you kind of put a footprint in this versus whatever else is out there? Because you also don't want it to hinge entirely on him. Because like they've said in this, I think – the, the so the 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 thing that comes out of this document that we're looking at that always is like it always like makes my whole body just sort of shudder is when they have a going concern statement right and a going concern statement is fairly normal but it's also saying like hey look well so well so okay we so could, yes go ahead sorry no I was just gonna say so first <laughs> off what all that stuff so far has been basically history. Right. Mm-hmm. The news of to the stars today. So mm-hmm. from their founding, they basically released a couple of um, some compelling, some known hoaxes, unfortunately, videos, um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of some really odd uh, interview style stuff with their uh, their plans for these. You know, they're supposedly going to be collecting mm-hmm. alien material or stuff from UFOs or stuff people say is from UFOs. Mm-hmm. And then their their plan mm-hmm. is to. In, from, again, this is like a direct quote from their video. Look at it for isotopes and uh, look at it under normal microscopy. So <laughs> terrifying that that is their plan. Um, but whatever, that's fine, right? And it's not my $30 million. Um, but uh, recently what came out was a uh, an SEC filing that they are required to file after that yeah. initial public yeah. offering kind of yes. deal. That... Uh, was we're looking was in gr- your underwear drawer, basically. right? And it was you it took was the gr- man's money. The man now wants you to talk about it. And so it was grabbed. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ars Technica posted a a uh, a story by Eric Berger that says, "Quote: All the dumb things. UFO project has thirty seven million deficit updated." Mm. Um. So, uh, basically, they. Let's just read the quote here. Quote, the accompanying financial statement um, have been prepared on a going basis, which contemplates the realization of assets and the satisfaction Mm -hmm. of liabilities in the normal course of business. The company has incurred losses from operations and has an accumulated deficit at June 30th, 2018 of thirty seven million (laughs) dollars. These factors raise doubt about the company's ability to continue as a going concern, end quote. Yes. And I want to say, too, that a, this document is not audited. So um, this is all self-disclosure from the company itself. You would have like a Price Waterhouse, Price Cooper Waterhouse auditing company actually come in and, and be like, yes, you're adding this and this together and that makes sense like there's a whole other step between now and then that's like even more arduous and even more painful as well this is the company just saying this is this is where we're at so yeah. there's there is there this is coming from this is coming from the board mm-hmm. now and it's called a going concern statement and that's so that probably sounds really bad if you're a listener who is like, oh, my God, 37, they, they have lost 37 million dollars or they now have a deficit of 37 a million dollars. 
But so the the distinction here, Maria, that you're saying, and I think this is important because it is that headline was originally it's it's a little bit it mischaracterizes the situation. Mm -hmm. But if you go into that, thirty seven million dollars is is primarily the amount of money that they have promised to their board members. Yes, well, to their company, to their their shareholders, to the street, to everybody. So. Uh, like I said, debt is think of debt as your credit card debt. Debt is something that you're going to have to pay back and you may or may not have any, any, um, any, uh, any, anything to, to reflect on it, right. Or anything to show for it. Um, accumulated deficit. Again, it's like we built a company, the company required salaries to pay people. It required places to sit in a business. It required um, computers. So we had to bring in all this operating expense. This is, this is now um, money that we have spent. We could go into debt to pay for that, but this is sort of a sunk cost. So it's, 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 it's showing that this is sort of like the total, um, the total weight or the total value of what this thing is worth. Okay. So it's total almost a cost. Like you would have to, if you decided like, I'm going to like, I'm going to stop. I'm, I'm Tom DeLong. I'm going to stop everything and go back to rock and roll. I would have to sell everything within that. And I would only make less than maybe a sixth on, okay. on that. Right? So that, so basically what this is then is since the beginning of this concern, mm-hmm. we have spent $37.4 yes. million. Dollars yes. That we have not been able to recoup as revenue. Well, and well, it, we have thirty-seven million dollars worth of stuff. We're we're now thirty-seven million. This baby is now thirty-seven million dollars. Okay, now, and then regardless is, of regardless yes. of regardless of how much of that thirty-seven million is debt yes. owed to like a creditor versus Which how much of it low. is debt uh, how yeah. much of it is de- debt owed to themselves how much yes. of it and that's the primary portion of it. How much of it is, themselves, which is a right. little, I would say that's, that too would raise eyebrows. Like debt owed to yourself for primary shareholders is a little, you know, again, SEC would, would probably take pause, but you would at this point need to be showing, Hey, we're going to, we are going to, we got all this, we got this $37 million baby, but Hey, Look at this. This is going to bring in money. It's well, a consider- huge seller, and it's going mean, to bring in X millions, and they're going to start to recoup. Well, the thing that's quite frustrating is that the if you look at that filing, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. vast majority of where they have spent any money is in media, right? Well, salaries. Did you see the salaries? I mean, no, sa- salaries are insane. The salaries are $5 billion a pop or something. Fa- like salaries that, right? are insane. Salaries so, are insane. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, some, it's some crazy – it's just uh, – and maybe it seems it's like, it's like, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Keep going. No, I was just going to say it's, it's unfortunate. I had really high hopes. It's just been mismanaged from the start. Um, and well, uh, I don't know. Go ahead, Marie. No, I think, so I think, you know, like I, I think it's, it's this type of thing is, if you think about it, I know it's hard to like, look at something like this and almost placate it down to its its most boring common denominator, which is like a spreadsheet, an Excel spreadsheet, right? Mm-hmm. I know, but that's not that's not what anybody wants to do. And they wanna I think that that's that's also like 
it's also counterintuitive to what is interesting about this company. But I think the thing is, is that he's also got to, as, as, as someone who has now built this $37 million thing that could have, that could and sh- should have some sort of implication to science and to everything else, he's got to be responsible for it. And he's got to, like, make some really hard choices and not tweet about it. That's the thing. It's like you got to, like, you have to own the fact that you're not going to get good press. You're going to have to own the fact that, like, shit's not always going to, excuse me, things are not always going to go the way you planned. And, and well, that you can't, you literally cannot talk about it in the media because it will. You can't. It could, it could unduly influence stock price. That's right. And become a Just ask your problem. buddy Elon Musk, man. Right. You know who's not talking about stuff? Bigelow. Mm, sorry. I just got cold. I got the chills. Um, All right. But yeah, you can't, you can't be doing that. And I, I would like to think like, hey, man, it's, you have a chance to do something more with it. But you've got to like, you've got to bring it together. You've got to make it, make it a company that can do something and not, not what you think would be really cool. Get rid of all your jabronis. All right. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's end here, Marie. This is good. Good bonus. Excellent bonus. I'm only a little mad. And if you're looking and if you're looking for something to invest in, can we offer you up the mad scientist handy cleanse wipes, (laughs) handy cleanse wipes, scientifically built to keep you fresher longer. What we're gonna isotopes. do. What we're gonna do, Marie, is hmm. I have actually here written down in crayon cure for cancer. <gasps> and uh it's where is it with a solve? Is it a solve? It's is done. It a solve? Oh my yeah. god. DM and everything. Boom. All right. Good night, dear listeners. Thank you again, dear listeners, for listening to the Mad Scientist Podcast. I have been your host, Chris Cogswell, joined by my co-host, Marie Mayhew. If you'd like to contact the show. Please send us an email at themadscientistpodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word. You can also follow us on Twitter at madscientistpod or at teamgiantsquid for Marie. And of course, you can see us on Facebook, on Instagram, and all over the internet as the Mad Scientist Podcast. And again, our logo is the one with the pumpkin head, so it's easy to see. Mm-hmm. If you've enjoyed the show tonight, please consider supporting us on Patreon where the money that you give to us will help us to promote this show further, to make it better, and just to spend more time making it. Because we love doing that. We do love doing that. Our logo was designed by Carrie Shaheen. Our web design is done by Desdemona Howard. Woo-hoo. And our sound design is done by Jake Cardinal. Thanks again for listening. <laughs> Thank you. This has been a Damn It Chippy production. I'm Eliza. And I need you to listen to me. Have you ever felt so much that you don't know where to put it all? And you wonder if anyone would notice if you screamed? Because you want to. Scream for the ones they've hurt. The ones they've taken. Scream for yourself. These are my words. My story from my perspective. Because I know you'll hear other versions. Because I want you to have a chance to believe mine. Or at least hear it. If you're getting this, it's already over. But if one of you listens, 
really listens, it won't be for nothing. <laughs>